When the economy came to a grinding halt in March, the government quickly passed the largest economic relief measure ever. It expanded unemployment, provided aid to state and local governments, and it created the Paycheck Protection Program, or the PPP. The goal of the PPP was to keep small businesses afloat. People were desperate, people were panicking, and this was Congress's solution to help particularly the small businesses that they knew were going to need a check from the government if they wanted to stay open. That's our colleague Ryan Tracy. Congress gave the PPP deep pockets, eventually more than $500 billion, to lend to small businesses and wanted the funds to be lent out fast. The members of Congress that designed this program weren't trying to ask a lot of questions of businesses who were applying. They didn't want to do anything, really, that would slow down this help. They wanted businesses to get money very quickly. That speed meant struggling businesses could get the money they desperately needed. But it also meant fraudsters could take advantage of the PPP. What I can tell you is that the watchdogs out there, whether they be inside or outside the government, are really worried about this program. You know, there's always some level of fraud and abuse, but it's unusual for the government to create a program like this where the door is so wide open. And it looks like a lot of people took advantage of that. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, November 18th. Coming up on the show, how fraud and waste seeped into the PPP and how well the program worked in stabilizing the economy. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. In some ways, the PPP, the program to give small businesses quick loans to stay afloat, got off to a rocky start. For one thing, some of the businesses that got the loans first weren't even small. When did the first public controversies begin with the PPP? Well, they began within weeks. You know, the Wall Street Journal and others reported on how very large companies were taking advantage of the program. Now there are cautionary tales that are surfacing. Big business getting millions of dollars of loans earmarked ostensibly for small business. You know, we heard about Shake Shack. We heard about Ruth Chris Steakhouse. No one would question that those types of companies were getting hurt by the pandemic. What they questioned was, hey, these businesses aren't very small. And this program was supposed to help the little guy, not necessarily a large company that can go to Wall Street and get money. Shake Shack and Ruth's Chris ended up giving back the PPP money they received. But there were other, more serious problems with the PPP. A government watchdog found that tens of thousands of companies that received loans shouldn't have. And in a lot of cases, whether a company qualified for a loan wasn't black and white. 
there were these gray area cases that often looked like the following. A company applied for the loan at a time in early April when, you know, virtually every business in the country was scared. After a couple months, though, some companies looked all right. For example, we found a company that delivered packages for Amazon. That was their main business. Now, that company probably still had revenue in April and May and June. I would submit maybe they even had more revenue than they were expecting to have, given that everyone was staying home and ordering packages on Amazon. So how could that company justify getting the PPP? You immediately think, well, that's got to be fraud, right? The problem with that is the program was set up in such a way that the company didn't necessarily have to be losing money. The certification that borrowers had to make was that they were facing economic uncertainty, and that bar is so low that virtually any company could arguably meet it. So when we went to this Amazon delivery company, what they said is, look, maybe our drivers were going to get sick all at once and we would have to close down. Or, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen to consumer spending with all this unemployment in the economy. So when you create a program like this and you say economic uncertainty is the bar that businesses have to meet, well, there's a lot of businesses that can kind of claim that mantle. And it's gray because who can tell that? CEO that he's wrong. Of course, his truck drivers could get sick. Another example would be a construction company that had contracts with a state government that continued to build roads. So the road construction company is still working, but you know, the foreman could get sick potentially, or maybe the governor could change his mind tomorrow and decide to shut down road construction. Maybe that company is facing uncertainty and so did need the PPP. But if none of that happened and they got a million dollars from the government to help pay their employees. Well, that ends up being a million dollars extra to that company that didn't really need it. The fact is, in March and April, uncertainty was almost universal. Almost any company could claim they needed PPP loans to stabilize their business. But the broad mandate of the program also led to something else. Outright fraud. How did you first find out about that? Well, we first found out about it because the government started charging people with crimes related to the PPP. They started saying that people were making things up on their application and lying to the government in order to get the money. Finding people just making up a business out of whole cloth and applying for a loan when in fact the business didn't exist. Or saying that they had 18 employees when they in fact only had one employee. Things like this where really if you did any kind of basic checking on the loan application, you would find that the applicant was just making things up. Can you give us an example of one of these cases? Sure. So I remember one from August where five individuals were charged in a scheme of obtaining more than $4 million in PPP loans. They used the money to purchase a Range Rover, allegedly, uh, jewelry. Authorities found more than $120,000 in cash. And what it appeared these people were doing was kind of coordinating on the applications. So at least one of them was helping the others. Hey guys, send me your info. I'll help you file this PPP application. You give me a cut of the money that you get and I'll make sure you get your check too. I've heard people describe this as almost like a mill for PPP loans. So if you could get an application together by say making up the name of your business, making up some revenue numbers, getting some phony tax returns and going on to the dark web and buying like a package of personally identifiable information, 
Well, you know, that might work. There was so much money flowing out the door from the government that there was kind of a little cottage industry in gathering up fraudulent applications and helping people submit them for a fee. How is it that nobody caught this fraud while it was happening? You would think it would be easy to catch if someone were completely making something up, but there was really very little vetting. People had to give basic information about their business. They didn't have to prove that they were losing any money, and the bank didn't do a lot of checking of the information that borrowers were submitting other than basic spot checks. The problem was that a lot of these applications were being processed in bulk all at once, and there wasn't necessarily a detailed review of each application. But again, the objective here was high volume, high speed. Do you have a sense of how widespread this kind of fraud was in the program? We don't really have a number. It's really difficult to put a number on it. We got a ton of tips, and we were swamped trying to follow up on them. Authorities were in the same boat. You know, the government was getting thousands and thousands of tips about the PPP and had to create a whole task force to look into all these allegations. The FBI has said there are fraud investigations involving hundreds of millions of dollars of these loans. And so far, the Justice Department has charged more than 70 people in PPP-related fraud cases. But even with all these cases of misuse and fraud, the PPP still had a shot at serving its ultimate purpose, keeping small businesses afloat. So, did the program work? That's after the break. How well do we know the people we work with every day? We share lunches, jokes, and deadlines, but are we aware of the unseen struggles we often face silently? Stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or feeling misunderstood at work. Through insight, awareness, and empathy, we can start to better see the issues our coworkers are dealing with, and that can make us and our companies healthier, too. Join Holly Robinson-Pete and her guests on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. The PPP was started to help the economy and small businesses in a time of crisis. Did it work? That's a question that economists will probably be arguing about for a long time. What the Trump administration and the supporters of this program in Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, would say is that they were facing a really difficult situation They had to get a lot of money out quickly. People are losing their jobs every day. Small businesses are going bankrupt every day. There are huge needs. I don't have any topic that has more support around here than the helping of small businesses. And that on those terms, this program was wildly successful. It distributed billions upon billions of dollars very, very fast. And that was what needed to happen. For some businesses, this was huge. And you hear this from members of Congress, too, when you ask them about the program. Each one of them has multiple stories, really, of businesses in their district that called them up and said, thank you, 
this program was absolutely essential to me. Otherwise, I would have had to close. You know, I remember Senator Susan Collins of Maine remembering a restaurant in her state that thanked her for creating this program. It's the Frog and Turtle Gastro Pub in Westbrook, Maine. The owner of this pub wrote to me to say that the PPP program allowed us to bring back our 15 employees and sustain our business during these trying conditions. And Even though individual businesses may have been helped, economists are taking a bigger look at the program. And some have a less rosy picture. Some researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology looked at the PPP. What these economists found is that the PPP created about 2.3 million jobs, roughly speaking, which is great. That is fantastic, right? That's 2.3 million jobs. On the other hand, the PPP was a $500 billion program. So at that rate, you know, you're talking $225,000 a job, something like that. And most of the jobs that we have in mind here don't pay that much. So that seems pretty expensive. And that's a question that continues to be debated is, you know, was this program kind of a waste, despite the fact that it helped a lot of people? So looking at whether it was a good bang for its buck. Exactly. And what did the MIT economists conclude? That study, which was kind of a preliminary look that will be updated soon, suggested that it wasn't really a great value for the government, that there are other types of support that might have been more efficient. And what they said was a lot of the cash in the PPP appears to have gone to businesses that would have kept people on the payroll regardless of whether the program existed. In other words, if your business was really hard hit, this wasn't a great program for you. If your business was doing okay, but was somewhat affected, it was a little bit of a better fit for you. The Trump administration argues the program was much more successful. It says the program helped businesses retain tens of millions of jobs based on the number of people working at businesses that received loans. Have there been any other studies about the program? Yeah, another one recently was from the Congressional Budget Office that looked at, in terms of bang for the buck, how did this program compare to, say, the increased unemployment benefits that were also included in the stimulus that Congress put out? When they looked at the PPP, they found that it increased GDP, or you know, gross domestic product, the output of the economy, by 36 cents for every dollar of budgetary cost to the government. When they looked at other programs, they saw a bigger jump. So, for example, when they looked at the enhanced unemployment benefits that gave people more money if they were laid off during the pandemic, those increased GDP by 67 cents for every $1 increase in budgetary cost. And so the takeaway is when the budget overseers in Washington are giving advice to Congress about the best bang for their buck to stimulate the economy in response to the pandemic – the PPP didn't score as well as other programs did. So now Congress is in talks to pass another relief bill, and a second round of PPP is expected to be part of that. Are the lessons from PPP 1.0 being incorporated in how Congress is thinking about new relief for small businesses? So PPP is very popular on Capitol Hill, as we've talked about. We expect that at some point, there will be another 
Bite at the Apple for small businesses in this program. And the proposals that we've seen, which haven't been adopted yet, they're still proposals, are asking a little bit more of small businesses than the first time around. So for example, the cutoff for PPP originally was 500 employees or less. Now lawmakers are talking more like 100 employees or less, 200 employees or less, so smaller businesses. Another really key change is they're looking at revenue. So PPP 1.0 had no requirement that the business actually be losing money in order to get the loan. In this new version, you would have to show, for example, that your quarterly revenue in one part of 2020 was lower than it was in 2019. And if you can do that, you can get the loan. So you're having to jump through more hoops as the business owner, which is an indication that lawmakers are realizing they didn't put enough hoops in place before, or at least that they don't see the situation as urgently as they once did. What is the legacy of PPP? And what does it say about the government response to the economy during the pandemic? I think we will look back at this program and see a deeply imperfect program, right? A program that helped a lot of people, but that also had a lot of flaws and was the product of just this crazy time where a ton of money had to go out the door as quickly as possible and all the usual restrictions and speed bumps weren't really put in place. And that allowed a lot of potential for abuse. And this is taxpayer money, a whole lot of it. And we want to make sure that it's spent properly, that it's spent efficiently, and that it's doing what it's supposed to do, as opposed to going to people that don't really need it. You know, there are legitimate questions to be asked about whether this could have been executed better then again, you know, people really needed help. That's all for today, Wednesday, November 18th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.